Amen, amen. Man, so good. Thank you for being here this morning. We got something special today in our LC Sunday, man. This is Living Connected Group Sunday, and this is where you get to hear and see some testimonies about why Living Connected is so important and why we need to be a part of being connected together. And then life really is about doing life together. And we are so thankful that you are here today. If you're not in a Living Connected group, man, there's cards out there. There's going to be Living Connected leaders out there. Man, if you want to be a part of an LC group, man, it's going to be fantastic, man. You're going to hear about it today, get you juiced up about it, the importance of it, and the fellowship of it. My man, Matt Cobb, executive director of BC, whom I love, is the LC group leader. He oversees all of our LC groups. He's a leader himself. And man, today is his day. I'm excited for you to hear from him. And then he's going to bring up a crew and you're going to hear from them as well. Dude, you roll, man. You, you roll. roll. I'll do you this. Roll. You roll. I'll Organize, get a set, man. Set the stage. I'll get a set the stage. Are you going to set the stage right Let's now? Oh, baby. Come on. I love it. I love it. I'm Welcome, everybody. That. I'm glad you guys are here. We had a great nine o'clock service today. I'm expecting Woo. an even better 11 o'clock service today. Who was here for Fall Fest? Raise your hand if you were here. Oh, for boy. Fall Fest. Was Fall Fest just not un. Believable. It was just a great, a great night. Again, thank you for all the volunteers that put that together. Thank you guys for showing up. Thank you guys for inviting people. It was just an amazing night. And even in praying and going over my message for today as we talk about what it means to live connected, thinking about Fall Fest, it just, it just raised the bar on what we do as a church. And so I'm so appreciative of you guys. But like Sean said, this is, this is a great day today. It's going to look a little different then maybe a normal Sunday, and then I'm going to speak for a little while, and then we're going to bring out some of our leaders. As you guys said, I was going to mess around and say I'm just going to randomly call people on stage and have them sit down and talk to them, but then I figured half the church would just get up and walk out. So we're not going to do that, but we have some LC leaders, Living Connected leaders who are going to come up, who are going to join me on stage today and just really talk about the impactfulness of what it means to be a leader, why they got plugged into a home group. Again, as a Living Connected leader, we all just signed up at one point in time and said, hey, we want to get plugged in. Like, hey, can we get plugged in for, in this church? How do we do that? And of course, the Living Connected community was a huge part in doing that. But let's first, let's pray. Let's ask God to come into this message. He's already here and being and present, but let's ask for his word today. God, thank you so much for this opportunity just to be together in this house. Thank you for an amazing time in worship. Thank you for the dedication of Ezra. We are so blessed and honored to even be part of that as we celebrated uh, him today and dedicated him today. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the design that you purposely put forth, even going back to the garden, God, where you saw Adam by himself and said, it is not right for this man to be alone. And you created for Adam a wife and you created community out of their family and generations and generations. And here we are today as benefactors of your creation, created by you in your image to live together, to be connected together, to fellowship together, and we are just honored to be part of that. So thank you for today, and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, amen. Hey, so here's how today's gonna work. We're gonna start off, and we're gonna talk about three different things. First and foremost, we're gonna define what it means to live connected. Some of you are like, man, I get it. It's called living connected, I understand. But there's two different views. There's a worldview of what it looks like to live connected, right? And then there's a biblical view. And after we do that, we're gonna define Hey, are you living connected? We're going to get worldview, biblical view, after biblical view. Am I living connected? And then the third is, if the answer is yes, hey, I'm living connected, I'm plugged in, great. How can you impact other people's lives? If, if the answer is no, no, I'm not. I'm not living connected. I don't have that life that God asks and actually demands of us to walk. And we're going to talk about how we can change that 
today. But first, the world view, right? When you just, you know, encounter somebody on the street and you're just like, hey, are you living connected? Kind of a weird question, right? You might kind of get some strange, strange answers to that, but, but just nuts and bolts of it. If someone says, are you living connected? Let's take family first. Some of you guys might be close to your family. You might have a lot of aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins nearby, and you might get together for picnics, and you're doing things with family, and you've got maybe a solid neighborhood that you're just like, now we're plugged in, or maybe you're in school, right? Or maybe you're in school, and you've got, I'm, I'm in a club, or I'm on a sports team, and I'm, I'm connected to people, right? Maybe you're in the business community. Maybe you own your own business, or maybe you're in the workplace, and you're just like, no, I've got good connections. You hear oftentimes, like, man, that, that person is well-connected, Right? They've, got, they've got connections. Or you might, you might, hey, do you have a connection? Like, I'm looking for a plumber. I'm looking for a guy to work on my car. Do you have any connections? And you know, there might be a, a simple answer to that, right? How about social media, right? I, my, I asked one of my daughters just, I'm like, okay, give me the top two. I don't know social media. I'm an old guy. So back in my day, people use Facebook. Apparently, Facebook's not a big thing anymore. But nonetheless, there's Instagram and Snapchat and all these things. I'm like, okay, what's it look like to have connections within social media? Right? If you're on Facebook, you've got lots of friends. You might go on there and be like, wow, that person has 285 friends. That's amazing. There's things called followers now, right? You've got your influencers out there and you've got your followers now. But the reality is, is if you ask somebody what the worldview of living connected would be, it would just be about your connections, who you're connected to, how many people you know, right? That seems simple. But I'm gonna read an article to you, and it's a quick article. It's just a couple, uh, actually just a couple comments. And and it was an article that was taken, and the title of this article is America Has a Loneliness Epidemic. America Has a Loneliness Epidemic. And the irony of the article is it quoted the Surgeon General of the United States of America coming out and saying, yeah, this is a really big deal. Shortly after, we just lived through one of the craziest three years of our life, in which case they locked everything down, closed schools, closed churches, shut businesses down, made us all wear masks so we couldn't recognize anybody. And isn't it a shock that now we're producing an article that says, Wow, people really suffered from that. And actually, people in their connections suffered from that. But let me just read a couple of things from the article. And it says, there is an epidemic of loneliness in the United States. And lacking connection can in increase the risk of premature death to levels comparable to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Most of you are going, wow, this is a super uplifting message, Matt. We're so glad we came. But just, but just wait. It also gives into some other details about just, you know, again, it warns that the physical consequences, now listen to this, the physical consequences of poor connections, we just talked about your connections, right? People you know, superficial, business relationships, school connections, those poor connections can be devastating. Those results can basically include a 29% increase in heart disease, 32% risk of stroke, and a 50% increased risk of de developing dementia for the elderly. And it went on to say, in the last few decades, and listen to this, in the last few decades, we've just lived through a dramatic pace of change. We move more, we change jobs more often, and we are living with technology that has profoundly changed how we interact with each other and how we talk to each other. And you can feel lonely even if you have a lot of people around you because, get this, loneliness is about the quality of your connections. And some of you might be like, well, that, that makes sense. And I'm speaking, of course, to a room full of believers. And to us, that might be like, well, that, doesn't, that really doesn't impact me. But the reality is it does. See, this, 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 this survey wasn't just taken from like, you know, non-church-going people. This is statistics taken about a whole generation from teens all the way up through people in their fourth quarter. This was not indicative of people in one state or another, another state. But we can all attest to this, right? 
I know when I was growing up, I'm 51 years old, it was strange for like a family member to move out of town. You had your grandma and grandpa down the road. You might remember Thanksgiving and Christmas, you went to four or five different houses and you had four or five different big meals and by the end of the day you were like, but you visited people, you had community and that has changed a lot. It's just a fact. It's not unusual now for a kid to go to college where it was an hour or two hours away when I was a kid, like, wow, you went an hour and a half away, that's a long way. And now it's just like, oh, that's South Carolina. Oh, yep, she's going down to Alabama. Yep, she's going to the University of California, whatever it is. We travel a lot. We change jobs more often. In other words, we don't have those same connections. So that's, that's obviously what it looks like from a worldview. And that's what the results show in terms of those worldview connections. But what I want to do now is I want to spend some time in God's word, and I want to look at what does the Bible say about our connections? What does the Bible say about how we as believers are supposed to do to connect with one another? What, are, what is he calling us to do? And if you would, I'm going to have you turn to the book of Acts. I'll give you a second to get there. We're going to turn to the book of Acts, and I want you in chapter 2 today. It's a big chapter. It covers a lot. It's a powerful chapter, which we'll touch on briefly, and then we're going to really zone in on just two verses. But we're just going to turn to the book of Acts. And at the very beginning of Acts, we see what? We see that this is, this is basically a huge day. Why is this a huge day? We see a huge day because we have the apostles, they're all gathered in a room together. And this is the day of Pentecost, right? This is the day where God sends his Holy Spirit as Jesus promised would happen. I'm gonna send a helper, sends his Holy Spirit. It comes in, it's this crazy commotion, it's this crazy sound. You see amazing things taking place, apostles speaking in other languages, and beginning to speak things to those who are gathering because there were a lot of people from all regions, right? All regions who were gathered and they began to speak to this large crowd to the point of the things they were saying caused the large crowd to be like, hold on a second. I think they're drunk. Like this, whatever they're saying doesn't make any sense. I think they've been drinking. Now the apostle Peter stands up and he rebukes them and says, hold on a second here. Let me tell you something. And he goes into this amazing sermon. Now I say, the book of Acts is an amazing chapter. The book of Acts in chapter two, and I would encourage you guys to go home today and read the entire chapter. Why it's amazing is this. It probably gives us the best blueprint ever given of what the modern day church should look like, right? What the modern day church should look like. And it starts right here by Peter rebuking the crowd and talking to people specifically, and in fact, accusing them of crucifying Jesus Christ. In fact, pointing out and saying, you did this. You put Christ on a cross. You're the one that killed Jesus Christ. And he goes in this amazing message and gets to a point where the people, and it says the people were pierced to the heart. And what does pierced to the heart mean? That means like what he was saying, it stung. It hit them. It changed them. It made them think twice about what they were thinking and feeling and saying. And they were like, oh, hold the phone. And they're like, okay, 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 like, we get that, like, we're wrong, what do we need to do? And the first thing he says is repent, right? Repent, that means what? Admit you're wrong and change course. Repent doesn't just mean like, I'm sorry, gonna keep doing the same thing over and over again. No, repent means I'm wrong, please forgive me, I'm gonna change course, I'm not doing that again, I'm not thinking that way again, I'm not acting that way again, that's what repent means. And when you hear us talk about, hey, what are the ABCs? so to speak, of, of giving someone the good news, the gospel. And again, it's first, admit you're a sinner. We're all sinners. We all swim in the same pool of sin. Admit you're a sinner. Two, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was put on a cross. He died, 
And on the third day, he rose again, and he sits at the right hand of the Father today. And then the third is confess. That means confess, Lord Jesus Christ, you are my Lord and Savior. I put you above all else. I, I worship you. I honor you. I want to follow you. I'll do whatever you instruct me to do. And that's what Peter's basically telling them right here. So the book of Acts in chapter 2 is an amazing chapter, but we're going to hone in on something in particular. We're going to go one place in particular, and I want us to be in verses 41 and 42. I'm going to read 41 to you, and then we're going to park at 42, and we're going to break this down together. Verse 41 in Acts 2. So then, those who had received his word were baptized, and, then, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. They were baptized, so the people that heard were baptized, some of them, and that day they added to that church about 3,000 souls. And I love that he uses the word souls. He doesn't say there were about 3,000 people out of the day. No, 3,000 souls, right? Your eternal soul. That's not your flesh speaking. That's speaking of your eternity. Your eternity, your 3,000 souls were added. And then verse 42, and this is where we're gonna park for a while. And they were continually, continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I'm gonna read that again. And they were continuously devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. What's the very first thing they were doing? Devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were talking about the apostles, plural, the apostles' teaching and what they were teaching, not just what Peter was saying, but the apostles. Remember, this is the early church. But they were devoting themselves how often? Does it say Every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, they came together and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It doesn't say that. What word does it use to describe how often and the frequency of when they came, when they devoted themselves? Continuously. Thank you for ever said it. I appreciate you. Continuously. Not, not a couple hours in a week, right? Not a couple hours in a day, but continuously. It was always part of their living. It consumed them. And in fact, if you really study, and like I said, go home today, spend some time this week, look at Acts chapter two. It literally talks about the early disciples, the early believers, the early church. I mean, it, they were all in. They were like, hey, listen, I've got this job. I do this craft. I'm all in. I'm with you. I'm bringing all my money to you. We're putting it in a big pot. Let's go. Jesus is probably coming back in a couple days, but let's do this. Like, let's, we need to build the church. I'm a potter. I'm going to make some clay. I'm going to sell some stuff, put everything in a basket, and that's what we're going to use to live. We're going to buy our bread, our clothing, our food, whatever we need. We, we're going to live together as a community. And so when it says continuously devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, they meant all the time. What's the next thing? Fellowship, right? And fellowship. Now, what does it mean by fellowship. Just like, hey, it's good to see you today. How was your day today? Oh, it's good to see you too. My day was good. As parents, we get that word all the time. How was your day? Good. What was good about it? I don't know, but it was good. You know, as a parent, it can be frustrating sometimes, right? But this is not what Paul is talking about when he's talking about fellowship in this context. What's he talking about? And we get an amazing word, and I want you guys to do a great word study on this, but it's koinonia, right? Koinonia, is the word Paul uses to describe the fellowship that they were sharing with one another. Koinonia, it means partnership, right? It's a closeness, it's a bond, but it goes beyond that because Paul uses the same word throughout the New Testament to identify with our relationship towards four key topics, four key, I wouldn't say topics, four key people or things that have taken place. The first is Jesus Christ. 
So Paul uses the same koinonia word to talk about a fellowship that we should have with one another as our relationship with Christ. The second is, he talks about the gospel, our relationship with the gospel, our relationship with the good news. What's the good news? If we're believers in Jesus Christ, we have eternity with him in heaven. This is not our home. We are aliens here. This is not our home. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He paid the price for us. What's the third? The Holy Spirit. Again, Paul's saying our fellowship with one another should be our same relationship we have with Jesus, with the gospel, the good news, with the Holy Spirit. And the fourth thing he says is even with the sufferings of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Well, if anybody has been in this church for even one communion, you have probably heard the most amazing depiction. John does an amazing job. There's never a communion that's the same. It's not a check the box. It's nothing like that. It is a true detail glimpse and look at what it really was like for Jesus Christ to die on that cross, what he really went through on those days leading up to it, what the anguish was really like, what it was really like to be pierced, what it was really like to suffer, what it was really like to be spit upon and hair pulled out of your beard. And that's what Paul's using the same word in this depiction in Acts 42, fellowship. What's the third? Breaking of bread. Now I'm gonna admit, we have some amazing home groups who have some serious competitions going, right? Our Living Connected groups. And some of our Living Connected groups take it to a, take it to a level 11 out of 10. They take it to an 11 of food. But the reality here is this. You're coming together to share, right? To share in fellowship, to share in food, sitting down and just having a nice little, even if it's just a quick snack together, or even just a quick, you know, whatever that might be. But the point here is this. They were devoting themselves to the teaching, to what? To fellowship, to breaking of bread. That seems simple. And then the fourth is what? It's to prayer, right? They were devoting themselves to one another in prayer. And I ask this question to people. I say, Hi, you know, tell me about your prayer life. Meaning like, what's your prayer life like? But more importantly, do you have people in your life who you can count on to pray for you? If something was truly going on in your life, and I'm saying this good and bad, like, oh, I just experienced this, this amazing thing. I got this job promotion or, oh, I just, you know, we just, we just had a new baby or, hey, you know, we're just, we're, we're, we're thinking about changing careers or, oh, we might be moving. Like, do you have people that you can reach out to and truly say like, hey, can you be praying for me? Hey, I'm going through this season. Can you be praying for me? And, and, and I say that as, as prayer warriors. There's this amazing prayer warriors. As I look out, I know people that are truly prayer warriors. But do you have people in your life that you're continuously praying for? And that's what we're talking about when we look at Acts chapter 2 in verse 42. We're talking about devoting ourselves to the word. We're talking about devoting ourselves to worship, excuse me, to fellowship to time in the word. We do worship as well. We've got some pretty good music that we played at our Living Connected group, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. But, and then, the, and then the last is prayer. And I go back to being devoted to teaching. Now, I hope every church can say this, but I believe this with all my heart. I believe we have the greatest pastor in Pastor Sean, amen? And, and I can tell you, I can tell you as someone who's close with him, we have meetings together and so forth. I know how much time he puts into his messages and his, and his bullet points and what he goes through. And there's times where we'll be having a conversation about a message. He's like, you know, hey, I, I, got through mess, I got through points one and two, but I wasn't able to quite to touch on three. One of the great things that we get to do as a Living Connected group is we get to go into Sean's messages, which again, he'll tell you this. He's like, I plagiarize from the word, right? This is, I heard it on the radio. I heard him say it on the radio on Tuesday. Like it's, I'm, I'm just plagiarizing. But the point is, we get to dive deep into his messages. We get to dive deep into, into the different themes he's going into, right? Different studies, different, maybe he's in a series for two, three, four, five weeks, however many weeks. And as living connected groups, we get to break those down. We get to spend time in those. We get to have other people in our groups be like, you know what? 
Actually, God spoke to me in this, and I was just studying this this weekend. I was going over Sean's message, and this came to my heart, and I just want to share this with the group. There's times where we'll even have our own, seriously, our own topic of conversation that we break down within our groups just based on something that just came up through our conversations with other leaders. You know, like, that's a great place to go. We need to go there, right? And before I bring these guys up, I want us to turn to one more place. I want us to turn to Hebrews. I want us to be in chapter 10. If we could just turn real quick, turn to Hebrews 10. If you're on your phone, if you're in your Bible, because this truly, to me, this truly even narrows down even more specifically what we are called to do and, and really what takes place in our living connected groups. Let me just read it. We're in Hebrews 10 and we're in verses 24 and 25. 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and to good deeds. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and to good deeds. Think about that. Think about that even in the context of being in living connected groups. It's not easy sometimes, guys. Like, I will tell you that. Even as living connected leaders, we have heavy days. There's long days. Sometimes it's, it's actually just to get our houses clean and opened up, and it's like, boy, that was a tough day at work, or this is going on, or maybe my wife's not feeling great, so it's just kind of double duty the last couple days, and we're, we're just, we're struggling, but here we are. And guess what? Our home group comes together, our living connected group comes together, and the people that are in our group, by the time they leave, I'm like, that was the best two hours of my whole week. Right there, that was it. Like, people lifted us up. They stimulated one another to love. And we get to do that for other people. It's not easy out there, right? Workplaces, school places, if you're in high school, college, whatever it might be, like flip on your TV and watch the news for 20 seconds and just turn it off. Like things are tough and the world's just gonna get darker and the world's gonna get crazier. But we are called, in a great message last week by Sean, we are called to be salt and light. What does that mean? Like light, it shines, it stands out, right? It's not quiet. Well, that takes stimulation sometimes even from others to get us there. We need that encouragement, right? We need to be built up. And the same goes for with good deeds. That's the second part of verse 24. Good deeds, what does that mean? That means good deeds. That means doing good things. What is good? Good according to who, though? According to God. That doesn't mean easy deeds, right? That doesn't mean safe deeds. That doesn't mean, that means good deeds. That means God, God, things God calls us to do that are good. It might be difficult, but guess what? with each other, with our Living Connected group, we can encourage each other to do those things. I think about our Love Thy Neighbor ministry. It's an amazing ministry. I'm blessed by some great guys that we've kind of had as our core group as we've gone on some initial fires and scenes and things we're doing, and we're still getting things straight, but we're getting it. And, and it's been a quiet summer. And I say that as much as I would love to be in that RV every day, I say that, and that's a good thing. If we're not in the RV at someone's house, that means there wasn't a disaster. That means there wasn't a fire. That means maybe somebody didn't lose all their things that day, and that happens. But it's a, it's a blessing to be able to do those things. And so this year, I've tasked all of our Living Connected leaders. I'm like, guess what? You guys are gonna take the RV, and you guys are gonna pick a ministry. When I say ministry, pick an idea, pick something you wanna do, a good deed in our community, and I want you to take the RV, take your group, and just go do it. Just do it. It's our RV. You guys paid for it. So why not use our Living Connected group to actually take it and go do amazing things? Same goes with when we have to respond to fires and scenes and emergencies. Like we count on our living connected group to do what? To respond to a lot of these people. You see, we take these victims and we do amazing things on the scene, but it goes beyond just that day. We're taking people's information. We're going to our living connected group like, hey, we were just at a scene in Salamanca. Is there any way that you guys can take this contact and call these people up this week, see if there's anything else they're gonna need? Do they need more clothing? You know, does, does the, is the dog still at the vet? Whatever that might be, things that are happening in people's lives, like our living connected groups, I'm tasking them to pick up 
and do an amazing thing with just our Love Thy Neighbor ministry, and it's a great ministry. But let's close with verse 25, and then we're gonna bring out our leaders. And not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as the day draws near. What day? We're talking about the return of Christ, right? And what we know about that day is when that day comes, which could be today, and it could be a thousand years from today. But we know the world will get darker before he comes. And what's happening in the world today? It's getting darker. And so when it's talking about not forsaking our own assembly, and we saw this a ton during the COVID. We saw this a ton when churches, for the right reason, were using this verse a lot to be like, we're not closing our doors. Because the Bible tells us not to close our doors, right? But you saw this a lot. And I love this because this is not, again, it's not talking about do not forsake gathering once a week on a Sunday, right? This is talking about gathering frequently, gathering continuously. So as I bring out our Living Connected group and our leaders, we're bringing out, uh, you guys know Dave and Don Schwartz. You guys know Jared and Lori Domes. You guys, of course, know Lenny and Jenny Oberfeld. But I'm bringing these guys out, and they're going to join us right now. They're going to sit down with us. They're going to talk about what it looks like to be leaders, what it's looked like to be in home groups themselves, some encouragement for you guys. And then, of course, at the end, we have a couple, I would call, calls of action that we really want to, to, to drive home uh, for you guys here today. But I appreciate you guys being here. If you guys can all just give these guys a, a hand for what they do as leaders, as opening their homes, as huge members of this church. And seriously, we are all appreciative of you guys. But I want to start with the Schwartz family on the end. Dave and Don Schwartz, you guys, I think this will be your fourth year, if I'm not mistaken, Living Connected Leaders. And, and prior to that, can I ask what home group you were part of before you became leaders? Well, we were part of uh, Lenny Oberfeld. Lenny, okay. Lenny and Jenny's group. I just want, uh, I'm going to tell you right now before we start, <laughs> David came from our group. Yeah. JD came from our group. Yeah. Matt came from our this group. This is true. We're just a bunch of leaders. Okay, now Just a bunch of leaders. Yeah. Why did we all leave? That's my question. Like, what happened? You know? Like, no, seriously. We are truly blessed to have come out of Lenny's group, and I've been blessed to call JD and Lori my leaders as well. But Don and Dave, if you were to point to one thing and just say, hey, probably the most important reason, whether you're talking to someone here today or you're meeting somebody at work or on the street, what's the number one reason you would give for people to get plugged in to a home group? Camaraderie and just being together and, you know, just sending the love of Jesus through them and just, to, just sharing the word with them and um, just making sure that they're with us and make sure that they understand what's going on. I mean, the biggest part of the whole thing is Jesus says we're called to love, and that's what we want to do. We want to love people, you know, and I just think that's so important for all of us. Amen. Don? I just think that like in a church of this size, it's so important to plug in. Um, it's very easy to come in and just feel, you know, overwhelmed with so many people. But I feel like to get that personal connection, home group just really, it gives you almost like an additional family. You have people that go through like the seasons of life with you. Uh, they laugh with you. They cry with you. They celebrate with you. And it gives you a chance to really dig in deeper to God's word because during home group, we have a lot of time for discussions, you know, about the message that Sean preaches. And we can, we can really work through that and, and talk through that. Amen. And honestly, Don and Dave, to give you guys huge props, I mean, you guys take your home groups and you guys really dial in, getting people plugged in, driving people sometimes if they don't have vehicle to get them to church. So if anybody needs a ride to church, Don and Dave's group is the best group to go to. <laughs> But seriously, what you guys do for your, your Living Connected community, it's amazing. But J.D., what do you think? Um, I would have to say 
it's just building relationships. You know, when you think about living connected, it is truly connecting with people and living together as a group. It's family. Um, you know, I think about uh, just talking about Acts 2 and what that meant to the church as the church gets going and, and starts building and how people were giving, giving whatever they had, giving their possessions, and um, it was one big happy family that was being taken care of by each other. And that's what a home group is to me. Um, it's taking care of people. Um, you know, separating ourselves from the world all the time. Like, we're, we're constantly in the world. We're constantly in the world with our work and our jobs. And, um, you know, we're called to not be, uh, to bound together with unbelievers. So separating ourselves from the world halfway through the week, you get to build up again and get that message again and dig and dive into it. Um, just awesome. That's amazing. You say they're one big happy family. It doesn't say how many bathrooms they had. So when they're all living together in one place, like they had to be fighting over showers. You know what I mean? Somebody was brushing their teeth way too long. It depends how many trees there were. True, true. <laughs> Lori Domes, the number one reason you give people, again, in the church, in the community, in your workplace, to say, you should, you should really come to our house. You would love being part of our LC group. I just, um, I know a lot of people have said it, but family is just the number one thing to me that I think when I think of home group, we are a family. We do life together. And um, it's just an amazing feeling to know that you have all those people out there. And um, if you're unsure, give it a try with a home group because you will not regret it. Amen. Amen. Lenny, we're coming to you next. We're coming to you. All right. What's the number one reason? You've been in home groups a long time. You've been in church a long time. You and your amazing wife, Very you've been long. in church a long time. You've seen other churches, you've seen other home groups, you've seen and things like that. But you're, I know you're, you're particular to your home group. You're biased, I would say. Yes. But what was you say, what's, what's the number one reason people should want to get plugged in to any home group, not to mention Lenny's home group? Well, you know what? Can I give you a couple of examples? I would I mean, just we, love been, for you to give me a couple of examples. We've been in a home group since the beginning, and we've dealt with some serious families and inju- individuals that have gone through some life crisis, and we were there to comfort them, to be at their side, and we really helped them. Not only that, it was a blessing to our home group. I mean, for us to take a part of something so serious. And um, we have a couple in our home group that I was asked to be their best man in wow. their wedding. Wow. And let me tell you another are one. You, are you looking for people to ask you to be their best man? Is that why you don't? <laughs> no. There might be some new couples here who are like, hey, maybe it's Lenny. Yeah. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Um, we were, I had a home group one time, and a telephone call came through. And here they are in Olean, and they're selling their house in Colorado. Do you know who that guy was? I might remember that guy. I might remember that guy. It's a great story, by the way. And if anybody has ever been going through a house sale when your house didn't sell, when you wanted it to sell, it can be stressful, right? And uh, I was blessed enough to be in their home group for months, if not up to a year, with my house not closing. And they prayed for us every week. And I can tell you right now that our realtor called while I was in your living room to tell us that our house actually closed when I was in your house. So that was I love a, it. That was a great day. That's just our house. That's we just, have, that, we yeah, have yeah. favor in that. That's, that's what amazing. That's what you're trying to say. Ginny Obergfeld, the number one reason you give people of any life circumstance, any season of life to get plugged into a, a Living Connected group? You know, I think the one word I would give it is value. It is so valuable to be a, in a life group, uh, both spiritually, because of course you dive into the word of God and you see things new and fresh, and then socially 
And I love what Dawn said because I think that is so important. You come into a room where there's 500 people and you don't know anybody and you, and you walk home and, and you're kind of, there's an emptiness when you don't have relationship. But when you can walk into a room and you can say, wow, here's 20 people that I know, that I really know, that I really know, and that's it. You get to really know people at a, at a much deeper level, and I love that. Amen. I want to I go to a different topic, and this is thinking more big picture, thinking more impactfulness, not just to the people in your Living Connected group, but also to you guys as leaders. You guys have seen a lot of things, and I look at Lenny and Jenny, I know they've seen a lot of things. JD, Laura, you guys have been in leadership through Living Connected groups a long time. Dave, you guys, Don, um, you know, four years coming up, but still, to see God's hand working in people's lives and the, and the impact that that's had on you, just share with us a little bit. Obviously, not, not details and names specifically, but just share, us some thing, share with us some things that really just stand out, that uh, events that have taken place that just, they wouldn't have happened if it wasn't through your, through your Living Connected group. So we have so many things and so many answered prayers. Like that's the big, that's the big thing. Like we pray together and we watch those prayers be answered. And um, some of those things included um, in our home group, we have had some young people on their walk. They're just in the beginning. And just as an example, we had a young, young man uh, who in our group who reached out to another member of our group to mentor him. And they meet separately outside of home group and have developed a close relationship so that this young man can can further his walk. Um, we've seen an actual marriage in our home group too. Um, we Lenny have seen, best no best man Lenny was that. not the best man. Um, <laughs> But we've seen we've seen a family uh, that a couple around our age that has been blessed with children, uh, you know, through fostering, and um, we've just seen so many blessings and so many answered prayers. We've seen networking where people find. Um, you know, a new place to live because they mention it at home group. We pray about it and a connection comes through. There's just so many things, um, just such a blessing. And we're, we're like a family, you know, and we, we try to feed their souls and we try to feed them. That's right. <laughs> With sourdough, right? With sourdough, that's right, that's right. Dave Schwartz, what do you think, just in terms of thinking back, and I know your memory's kind of been stirring on this all week and I know you've been praying about it, but what are, what are a couple things that stand out? that just have been so impactful for you and people in your group? I think the most important part was in my life was that when Dawn and I were going through our, our, our thing with her being sick and stuff, our home group pulled together. Yeah. And it became like a family. When you start just trusting people in your lives and just want to be there for them, they see that the importance of family, how important it is to you. We was truly blessed by you know, the home group and not only our home group, but other home groups through this uh, building, you know, fam being connected and stuff. It's just amazing where we ended up being and just, um, just allowing everybody to pray for us and just not only that we're praying for them, but they're also praying for us now. It's just a family unity, and that's, yeah. that's a beautiful part of it. Amen. Yeah. Lori Dumes, I've obviously been with you guys as you being my leader and as staff at church, getting to walk through a lot of seasons with you guys, with your groups, but what's something that stands out, a couple things that stand out just are really impactful for you? Um, there are numerous things that um, we've shared with the people within our home group. Um, being part of a family, when you, someone in your home group hurts, you hurt. When someone in your home group is joyful, you're joyful. When they're sad, you're sad. 
you share that with them. And we've gone through um, loss within our home group. We've gone through births of children. We've gone through surgeries. We've gone through sicknesses. And um, we're just always there lifting each other up in prayer and whatever else you may need, whether it's a meal or some work done or whatever you need. Um, it's just amazing how people just pull together. It truly is family. And along with your own home group, um, there's a big connection between the home groups across. Like we, we call on Dave and Don's home group or another home group when there's a prayer that's needed in our family. So it's not just your little home group, but we have connections with other home groups that goes sort of across the board. So it's just amazing how many people pull together when you're truly going through something in your life. Amen. Amen. JD. I mean, not much more you can say about that as far as helping people out, but um, I like to think about the growth of the people in our, our group. Mm. You know, we are mainly the 55 plus group. And um, are you part of that club? I am not yet part of that club. Attaboy. I think we're raising it, right? We're going to raise it to 60 plus in a couple years. <laughs> yeah, we just, it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you still see that there's people that have been seasoned. They're, they've been a believer for 20 plus years and 30 years, but they still see growth within them. And, you know, maybe it's a, a verse or something that's shared and they're like, wow, I never really looked at it that way before. Um, the other thing I look at is too, we, we have such an amazing group of people that when you get plugged into a group, um, people trust you. Like there's a connection there where, where there's trust, where you may not want to share what's going on in your life with somebody. But when you have a close-knit group of people, you know, you're more willing to say, okay, I'm going to step out of the box. I'm going to share this with, with my group because I need people to pray for me about it. So I love that too. No, that's awesome. Lenny Obergfell, we'll go to you next. What's, what's just something that stands out to you that you just, again, long seasons of walking with people, being a leader, being a host home, being just, again, you mentioned the things you've gone through with people and watching houses sell. What's something that just stands out? That, uh, that you just tr truly feel blessed to be a part of? I think, it all, I think it's always been said. I think it's the bond that you, you go. You may go in with acquaintances or people that you don't even know, but at the end of the year, you become friends. I mean, you really become friends that you go, hey, let's invite so-and-so over for pizza. Hey, you know what? Let's, let's invite somebody I've over. I've still never had your pizza, Lenny. I've never had it either, just to be clear. I hear <laughs> Lenny has famous pizza. I've heard about it. Have it's really I've heard good. About it. There was, it was have like, you had it, Dave? It's really There's good. There's a billboard oh, okay. once. Okay, Dave's had it. <laughs> there was a billboard once, Lenny's Pizza, but. Yeah. Well, anyway, we invite him over for pizza. <laughs> Not everybody. But, but um, I never had sour bread either. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, um, you're the band. The fun, the laughter, the encouragement. I mean, it's all been said. The same common denominator in it all is that you, you bond together as a love. You have problems, you support, you care, you pray, you help out. I mean, it's just immediate. It's unbelievable. I've never been in a church that has so much volunteers as this church here and there's so much involved in running programs. I mean, would they, like Sean says, I love the pastor, you know what I mean? I love him. As the pastor would say, he loves the volunteer because we couldn't run it like what we do. And Friday was an example of it. It's just unbelievable. But you're part of this. That's just the way. It, and that's what it is with the home groups. 
You become one. And I, it's, it's up and said. I can't say anything more other than the bond. They said, I think it's John 15, 16, this command that I give you that you love one another. And that's what you do. You love one another in your group. And that's awesome. Amen. Ginny, I might throw you a curveball. You, you up for it? You, sure. you ready? You got the mic in your hand? Take a swing at this? So I, I learned something the other day, which I did not know. I love when Sean speaks of his Uncle Paul, which is your brother. Paul is your brother. Paul's gone to be with the Lord, but he started Believer's Chapel up in Syracuse, which is how Believer's Chapel here got their name. I know Sean and Renee, as most people here know, but if you don't, Believer's Chapel was started in Sean and Renee's home almost 13, 14 years ago now. It's been a while. But I just learned the other day that your brother Paul started Believer's Chapel kind of as a home group, so to speak, which is an amazing testimony. And I would just love for you to share the power of that season and what, has, what came out of that. Yeah, it is a powerful, powerful story uh, when I think about it because um, just a very quick synopsis of the whole thing. Um, my brother had walked away from the Lord, actually, but God brought him back in, in an awesome, awesome way, part of that great Jesus revolution that we heard about for so long. And um, it was then that he was a professor up on Oswego, and this is how it started. It's, it's just such an amazing story because it opened up Acts 2 to me all over again as I thought about it. Um, they brought students that had been on drugs and been out in the world, and, and Paul had been there to really tell them about the power of, of uh, Jesus in their lives. They came to know Jesus, and then they had a, a home, and they created their basement, and they put many, many students were able to sleep in different places in their home. And it was just a powerful, powerful time for these people. And you know what they did? They went out in different jobs, and they, they pulled their money together. And it was so much like the early church, like nothing I can compare it to, really. And, and then the Lord opened up this wonderful opportunity to, be the, to start a new church, just like what Sean has done. He started a new church in Syracuse, New York, called Believer's Chapel, and they moved into a building that wasn't very big. You know, they were just starting out, and then before you knew it, it just began to grow, and it grew into thousands of people. And, and I, I think of it's very tender to me because of the influence that my brother had You know, Sean, when he felt <clears throat> called, he wanted to go and spend time with my brother. And that's what he did. He would travel. He would travel three and a half hours to go and spend two hours, perhaps, with him. And then he would come back. Of course, for Sean, it was only probably three hours. <laughs> but he would go. And then he, he would spend, and he would have that time of being mentored by uh, Paul, who was truly a mighty, mighty man of God. So for me, 
I'll be forever grateful Amen. for that connection. I, I love that story, and I love just hearing the power of that, again, that home church, so to speak, that really started out. And I love how Lenny even talked about it. Like you said, everybody would have their own roles and their own jobs. When you read Acts 2, you talk about people bringing things together. And, yeah. and it just it shows the power of even our living connected groups and what it, what it means to have that closeness, that bond, which as much as we love to come together on Sundays, we need each other in community and fellowship. And that doesn't necessarily mean sharing rooms together, you know, 24-7, seven days a week. But it means, right. it means doing life together, you know? I didn't mention this in the first service, but, you know, we talked about the Love Thy Neighbor ministry and how we're really counting on our, our Living Connected groups to step up. But there's so many, so many more things we do as a church that you realize how much our Living Connected groups have an impact. And I think about our BC blessings again and our, our outreach to the kids where we come together and we raise a ton of money. I don't know the exact number, but we use a ton of money at Fall Fest and Wingathon and golf tournament and all the things we've done. But thinking about how much you guys have and how much the other Living Connected leaders here have a role in shopping for gifts, shopping for food, delivering gifts, walking those up. And I know you guys have all seen the kids' faces as you walk up and you know, kids are walking out to greet you and they get to see the presents they're going to get to open on Christmas, on Christmas morning. But it makes me just realize how blessed we are as a church to have the leaders we have. I think about the backpack drive and there's so many times where we tap on our LC leaders to say, hey, can you guys call your groups, get your group groups plugged in, any way you guys can help out, seek sitting on, see, on Sunday nights, prayer time in the back. There's just so much as leaders you guys do, but even more so, there's so much that your groups do that really have an impact on this church. And it isn't just one day a week in your homes. It's a, it really is a day-by-day -day thing, and we are just blessed to have you guys as leader. We are blessed to have all of our Living Connected leaders here with us today. But, but a couple calls to action as we, as we really try and wrap up. And the first is this. We are looking for leaders. And if you are here today and God is speaking to you, or sometimes it takes a wife's nudge maybe to your husband to be like, this is you, then we want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. So there's cards out on the info desk. There's cards out on tables out there in the foyer. This goes with people who want to get plugged in. I mentioned at the very beginning, there's going to be kind of two answers to that question. Are we living connected? If the answer is yes, we're called to be in fellowship with each other. We're called to encourage each other to get plugged in. And if the answer was no, there's no better way to get connected with a group of people who are the best people on the planet, who have huge hearts, who want to be there for you in every season of life, who want to pray with you, who want to fellowship with you, who want to get into God's word with you, who want to break bread with you. But please, 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 I love seeing all the cards being filled out on the desks out there, but there will be people out there with these t-shirts on who would love to talk to you, answer any questions you have. I will personally call every person on those cards, so please just put your name and a phone number. If that's all you want to write down, great. If there's more details, please give them to us. But I want to be the one to reach out and really talk to you about a Living Connected group. But, the, but be, even beyond that, think about host homes. Lenny and Jenny, you guys are a blessing now that you guys are opening your homes to people, but we need houses too. We have leaders who are raising their hand and say, hey, I would love to be a leader, but I just don't really have the right setup or ah, my driveway is a little too steep or whatever the reason I understand. But we have so many people in this church who I know would love to open up their homes to you guys as leaders as well. And the last thing is this. We want you guys, if you have anything in terms of need for prayer, we want you guys to come up. We're gonna have people praying over you up here. Please come up and see us. If you have any questions at all about what it means to be a believer, what it means to truly be a follower of Christ. You, you kind of heard the ABCs there in the middle of the message. You're like, I need to know more about that. Please come see us up here. We want to talk to you about Jesus. JD, if you would do the honor and please close us out in prayer. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, Father, we thank you so much for 
um, just an amazing Sunday, Lord. And I do thank you, Lord, that we've been um, honored and trusted to be uh, living connected leaders. And uh, Lord, we just pray that um, as people um, ponder the decision, do I, do I join a group, do I not join a group, um, am I called to be a leader? Uh, Lord, I just pray that you put that upon their heart, Lord, and that, Lord, they would seek you in this. And, uh, Lord, we just pray that these, these groups, Lord God, would just do an amazing work um, in our communities, and uh, we just build great com uh, communication between each other and our groups. Um, Lord, that we'd have uh, amazing groups that, that love each other, that care about each other, um, that live out the way um, the church started. Um, we just thank you so much for these groups, Lord God. We thank you for an amazing Sunday. God, as we go today, we pray that you'd bless us. Um, indeed, that you'd keep us safe, that you'd watch over us and protect us, Lord. And we thank you so much for what's taking place in Believer's Chapel. We thank you so much for the calling that we have on our lives. And if we trust you, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Can we give a thanks to our LC leaders? Thank you guys for being here today. Go Bills. Go Steelers. Big day today for football. And uh, excited to see you guys next Sunday.